Welcome to the Cowbell Fever Podcast. We're checking in with the Berkey to find out more about plans for the 2021 race given the pandemic. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago, and due to some production slowdowns, it's coming out just in time for Thanksgiving. But other than some chatter about signing up for race slots, which is mostly finished, it's pretty much not out of date. The podcast is brought to you today by the SkiWise app. SkiWise is an app which allows you to post real-time trail reports for ski trails across the country. With both iOS and Android apps and a web platform, it's a great go-to for finding the perfect trail, the perfect trail conditions, and letting the community know what is skiing best. So keep everyone posted on the go-to skiing this year. Download the app at skiwise-app.com. That's S-K-I-W-I-S-E-app.com. And I think so. Talking with Ben Pop, uh, Executive Director of the Berkey, um, about sort of all things Berkey upcoming. This is, we're recording this in early November, Friday the 5th or 6th or whatever today is, the whatever day after the election it is. And I sort of have to say that because if I don't get it produced for a week in normal times, it doesn't matter. And right now we could be in a completely different world. Thanks for coming on, Ben. And uh, I think there's a lot to talk about. We're going to try to keep this not too long, but um, wanted to ask you a bunch of questions. But first, how was the early skiing? How was October? Well, first off, I'll, I will. I agree. I'll take a short break from ballot counting here in the state and uh, enjoying you all. But no, it uh, it is crazy times. Uh, you know, skiing. Uh, we skied in October. It was incredible. We got two, uh, you know, four to six inch snows, and of course the ground was warm, so it didn't all stay. But I skied um, three or four times from the Berkey start line and cable up to the high point. And then one time from Bodecker um, up to the high point, and it was just the right amount of snow that you weren't hitting anything underneath, but it wasn't so deep that you're kind of trudging through it. It was really pretty magical. We did groom it, but yeah, to be out in October was just unbelievable. And, you know, the excitement right now is really high. We all know there's a lot of people that are uh, buying skis, they hiked and, and biked this summer or introduced to a new world. And man, talking to New Moon and Riverbrook, the shops here, they are the the equipment's flying off the the, the shelves, and so I think it's going to be a great year for a whole lot of new skiers, and people are certainly excited after this early snow uh, here in the Midwest. And it's been a big summer for the Berkey too. You you installed the bridge that we're not going to get to use this year down over Highway 77, and then uh, are in the process of acquiring the property around Telmark. Yeah, you know, we were super excited to finally get that bridge over Highway 77. It's been a long process working with Wisconsin DOT, and and uh, we finally got it uh, installed just last week. And then, of course, yeah, we're not going to get a chance to use it. Hopefully, people come and visit. There's going to be a lot of people, I think, skiing this winter, and so they'll get a chance to ski over it, just unfortunately not on race day. But that'll be for 2022, and, and certainly, hopefully, uh, uh, we'll enjoy it then. And the Telmark property has been a really important part of these last few months for us. Uh, you know, identified that it is the property uh, for us for the future in terms of having sustainable loops and snowmaking areas and being able to hold the events that we want to do. So we uh, signed the purchase agreement back at September 15th and uh, are scheduled to closing here in March. And it's, you know, it's really an amazing venue. Obviously, we have the history with Tony starting the race and owning Telmark. And our whole business plan and goal with it is to to buy the property and really reinvigorate the recreation there. So reopen a lot of the ski trails. We're building the competition loops and the World Cup loops. You know, I mean, the original World Cup was there in 78. Build some more mountain bike trails, reopen some of the mountain bike trails that were there. 
and really use that recreation platform as the basis for Telmark. And then already we're getting a whole lot of partners inquiring about people wanting to build small hotels, coffee shops, pools, bars, campgrounds. So the goal is I almost think of it like a sort of an outdoor business park that we're going to create this medium of outdoor recreation there that that can host events and great skiing and hiking and mountain biking, et cetera. And then a bunch of other partners, um, you know, because the Berkey doesn't want to own coffee shops and, and restaurants and, and, and hotels. So I, I think it's going to be a really great medium that everybody's going to be doing what they do really well. And, you know, I think a year from now, it's going to really look different. And five years from now, I hopefully we look back and I look at some of the places like Craftsbury, um, YMCA, the Rockies out West that uh, are really venues that we really want to try and model ourselves after to create these, uh, you know, I think of it as sort of this ultimate outdoor recreation destination right here in uh, upper Wisconsin. So the kind of thing where you could come up, go for a ski, grab lunch, go for another ski, grab a beer, and then, you know, wander over to your hotel without, without having to get in your car. Bingo, right? I mean, that's one of the things that we just don't have here right now in the Midwest. I don't think in, especially out east, think of Trap Family Lodge, all these places that are really catered to just a one-stop, go out, recreate, have a good time, have the social aspect of it, the great skiing part of it or whatever. And uh, it just uh, I'm, we're really excited about it. We know it's going to be a long journey. We're partnering with the state on an idle site grant to help remove the old lodge. Already starting to look at what a new community building there can look like. TIOA, who is also has the condo association on the adjacent property there, is looking at doing some development as well as others, as I mentioned. So I'm Really excited about it. You know, like I said, there's a lot of work to be done, but it really is going to be a big part of the Berkey's future uh, for sure. Now, you're talking about this is, this is an odd segue, but you're talking about um, social aspects, which, of course, right now we we yeah. are we are somewhat devoid of. But you were able to put on the Berkey Trail Run, which, you know, is sort of a precursor for the Berkey. Um, and you were able to seems to have been able to do it pretty successfully, even with the pandemic. So how did that go? What precautions did you take? And then I guess, how does that start coming into how you're thinking about the Berkey? Yeah, you know, you hit it exactly right. The, the, the trail run was really helped us with a lot of the uh, modifications and adaptations that we're putting into place for the Berkey. And I'd highly recommend if people haven't seen it to check out on our website, we have an event updates tile and we could even link to it maybe on the podcast, but uh, we did a little, four or five minute video that uh, w- that went through and really highlighted all of the safety precautions from drive-in bib pickup to free-flowing water at the aid stations to individual small wave starts and everything in between. Um, and a lot of that's going to happen at the Berkey. And we had uh, nearly a thousand runners and it was really well received. The NPS score at the end was like 89. Uh, people really felt like they felt safe and they felt like yet, even though they weren't starting with you know, a thousand people and there wasn't a big tent afterwards to eat a beer and brat. They really felt the energy and camaraderie of the community um, because they're out running on trails together. And again, they said, you know, I might have only seen one or two or five people on the whole run, but I felt that same energy. So people were just starved to get back to an event. And, um, you know, I think the precautions uh, uh, really were safe. We worked really closely with the state department, the state health department, as well as the local uh, health folks on, hey, we're not going to have any inside spaces. We're not going to, we're going to really reduce touch points. We're going to require masks. We're going to require six feet of distance. And all those things came to be. And people are excited right now about being active outside. And so providing that medium we thought was important if we could do it safely. First and foremost, the number one lens is it has to be safe, of course. If we're not just going to do it and, and put our heads in the sand and say, we're doing it anyways. I mean, 
absolutely it's got to be safe. And, um, and we feel like we can do that. And now we've done it actually for three races. We did the Lumberjack Run in July. We did the trail run in September, and then we did the Telmark Ascent, which was our first ever mountain bike race just after the trail run, and, and uh, it was awesome. We're excited about it and feel really good about those, and uh, yeah, a lot of it will be used at Berkey. Going from that, you know, that's a 1,000-person event. The Berkey is, is usually 10,000. We might have a few less with virtual, and we'll get to that in a second. But the Berkey still might be sort of the largest event of – athletic event of any kind in the country this year because the Berkey is in this special place where you don't need to close the roads down to run something. You don't need to um, – you have people socially distanced because they're on skis. So the Berkey's in this this place where you can do that with obviously a lot of changes. So – I guess the first big change is that the course is going to be a loop course. It's sort of the what people have suggested in the past is the low snow course. If there's not snow to, to Hayward, you could turn it around. It's going to be a harder course, but tell us what the course is going to look like. Yeah, I know. I think we're really fortunate. Actually, we've been working with the folks at the Boston Marathon and the medical director there on, you know, like, how are you guys going to do this? And, and when you talk through the reality of, yeah, we can actually have our course open for five days. You know, it's not like Boston can close the roads for five days. Um, allowing us to spread people out. Um, and then one of the biggest concerns we had was warm spaces. You know, transportation, schools are using buses now. Um, it wouldn't be ideal. We could probably do it. But uh, the biggest issue was warm spaces. And so what we decided on was that we needed to be able to have everybody provide their own warm space. Well, we happen to, everybody happens to have their own warm space in the form of a car. So once we decided that we wanted to make sure that everybody was going to have a car at the start and finish, that pretty much determined that it had to be a loop, of course, obviously. So then, to your point, uh, we, we've been thinking about this for years with low snow that we decided to be able to – we can park everybody at the Berkey Trail and Cable when we reduce it down to 1,500 to 2,000 a day, and they'll ski south on the skate trail. And for the, everybody doing the Berkey, they'll go on the skate trail all the way to double O, where they'll make a U-turn and come back north on the Classic Trail and actually, as they're getting close, they will not ski the power lines twice. They're actually, right before they get to the power lines, they're going to jump over onto the old Cordy Trail and actually bring the old Cordelopa Trail back into the, the stadium. So it'll be kind of a, an homage to the old Cordy Trail a little bit. You're going to use a touch of some of the old World Cup Trail when you get close back to the Berkey start on the Telmark property. But then the Cordelopa um, is just going to turn around earlier, um, really close to a fire tower. And then the Prince Oakin will turn around at Timber Trail. So each one of those events will be going south on the skate, back on the, on the north on the Classic. And you're going to have eight stations. But one of the biggest things that we're going to really have to reiterate to people, and I want to make it now that people are going to be have to be more self-reliant. We're going to have eight stations, but it's not going to be like a buffet line with 70 volunteers standing there. In fact, there might only be one or two volunteers standing there. Simply you're going to have things like running water, which is pretty innovative. It'll be cool. People are going to... Now, we'll have more about that coming, but some running water, there'll be emergency services, et cetera. But basically, it's going to be like you're doing the Birkin in Norway, carrying that eight-pound pack. In other words, have you know, be self-reliant on water. We're likely going to get you all your Cliff Bars and Goo and Anderson's Maple Syrup ahead of time. So you're not going to get it at the aid station. You're going to probably get it before you ever get to the start line. So you're going to have to carry that to really reduce that touch point in the aid stations. So that'll be a big change, and but the, then uh, there will be those opportunities along the course to make sure that if people are in distress or are having issues, that we can get it, get attention to them there. Yeah, it should be a good course. Um, we'll warn everybody though, even though Berkey is going to be shorter if you're used to doing 55 or 50k, it's, I think around 46 or 45. 
it's going to be tougher. I mean, the north half is where all the hills are, and now you're doing it twice. Um, many of the folks that used to ski the Berkey starting in the original and Hayward and going to Cable used to just always complain about, man, oh, man, you get you got to climb the fire tower and then all those power lines. And So just remember that, uh, you know, a lot of times it was pretty nice downhill from double O to gravel pit. That was a nice 10K, a gentle down. And <laughs> there's no gentle down when you get to double O and make a U-turn because it's only going up. There's going to be gentle down right at the end. But when you get to about, what, 40 or 40K, that's the end of the hills. There's not going to be the, you know, where, yep. where Bitch Hill is just going to be Bitch Hill is going to be 10 hills leading into it. Yes, correct. Correct. Now, waves, there's still going to be waves. It's going to be sort of the same wave placement, but the waves are going to be each day, so they're going to be a lot much smaller, I assume. Yeah, for sure. They will, um, each wave is going to be only around, um, well, don't quote me, but it's between 75 and 100 based on, uh, again, we'll split everybody up over those five days. People are going to get that opportunity to choose, and we can certainly touch on that as well, but it's going to be between 65 and 90-ish. And uh, that we figured that w- that's how many we can spread out over that 600-foot start area and, uh, and have it really safe. The other thing is there will be a 10-minute start window. So in within your wave, you don't all have to start at once. Um, you're going to have this start window because, again, you have a timing transponder. So it's not like, boom, the gun goes, I got to go. You're going to have the start window. So if you want to start when it does, great, but you're going to have 10 minutes to spread out all 100 of these people. And then once they're all gone, then we can bring in the next 100. And one of the things that worked really well is we used an FM transmitter, and we'll do that again. And so people can wait in their cars, right? You know, a lot of people aren't like they're doing a ton of warm-up before the Berkey anyways normally. So you can actually wait in your car because the announcers are going to also be broadcast over an FM station that we're going to create. So you'll tune into your 87.9, the Berkey FM, or whatever the heck it was. I can't remember from the trail run. But you'll literally be hearing the announcer as well. Hey, if you're in wave three, you now have about 20 minutes of your wave starts once you start getting out of your car and, you know, that sort of thing. And so we can talk to you and you can stay in your car until, again, right up to when you're ready to leave. And we think that's a big part of keeping people segregated as well. So people basically be able to stay in their car, stay warm there, change there. Everyone's going to be able to park at the start this year, which is I think a lot of people will be happy about walk up to the start, and then it'll sort of be a cross between interval and a rolling start. Um, having skied the Marcia in Italy, it's similar. They keep you in a big pen, which obviously you won't be doing, but then they let you out, you put your skis on and go, so there's not the scrum for the start line, and then you start when you go under the wire. Yeah, exactly. The, it'll be very similar to that in that uh, we're renting a bunch of property from the airport and uh, going to create a, a big parking area. Um, basically where the bird race used to start. And again, because we're going to have, you know, anywhere from 15 to 1800-ish people a day, we're able to park eight to 900 cars. Um, it'll be tight, but we'll be able to make it work to get in there so that everybody does have a warm spot because, again, we're able to spread it out over this period of time. So it's uh, it'll be a Berkey that um, may, well, I'm going to knock on wood. Hopefully it's never duplicated again, but uh, it'll be one that you won't forget. Yeah, and we're gonna. I think the big thing people are gonna miss is we're gonna miss the social aspects, the hanging out on Main Street, getting that beer and that brat, maybe that second brat and maybe that second beer, but um, and going out on the lake. That those are the sacrifices we have to make, and to be able to have the race at all is is pretty impressive for folks who travel, and that that's a, a lot of people for the Berkey for travel from maybe more than driving distance away. 
I might not want to do that this year. They still have an opportunity, and really for anyone, for anyone who might be immunocompromised and might be worried, still have the opportunity to win, earn that pin and, more importantly, earn that year notch in the year to get towards that purple bib or the gold bib or, or the 35 bib. Yep, absolutely. You know, that was one of the things from the start. We said this year, you know, there has to be a virtual option such that uh, people that can't travel, we have a lot of Europeans signing up just because they're like, yeah, I'm going to ski it over here in Birkin in, in, in Norway, but I'm really getting the Berkey. So, you know, people that are not comfortable uh, traveling, um, immunocompromised, whatever it might be, um, or just don't want to come, you know, you, you will we'll send you your bib and your hat and your pin and all that stuff. Um that uh, you can do it right from your own wherever you normally train. And uh, we think that's uh, important to be able to offer that option this year um, in in a crazy pandemic era. But uh, also on the flip side, people are like, oh, why are you doing it? Why? And, and I think we've had a lot of these discussions. And, and it, you know, it's such an inspirational event for so many people. It gets them out of bed in the morning, the community, the camaraderie, that even though, right, we're not shoulder to shoulder, we're not going to be ending up in downtown at anglers, you know, just packed, drinking beer, eating brats. There's still going to be that energy around that week of, of you know what, there's going to be um, nearly 10,000 people just like me going out there to really test ourselves. And so we thought it was important to get really creative and figure out a way to provide a safe way to have people uh, ski race. And, you know, I mean, there's no doubt the asterisk is still out there. Obviously, the pandemic is not going well right now. And if, you know, if it continues to get worse and the health officials say, hey, even with all your precautions, we don't think it's safe. Then we'll have to go to 100% virtual. I mean, that we that is 100% transparent. That if uh, the Wisconsin Health Department and uh, local folks here say, you know what, we think you've done some great uh, precautions there, but it's just only gotten worse. Then uh, then we may have to go 100% virtual. But that's where uh, you know these are the plans we've laid now, and we're hopeful that we're going to be able to maintain maintain them to come uh, you know four or five months from now. But we'll just have to wait and see. And if anyone is signed up for the race and gets to that point where it's worse in their area or they don't want to travel or it's worse, they, they can always go to the virtual option as yep. long as they're doing that Correct. same time period. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. And some of them, uh, if, they, if they change really late, they may not get their bib and hat until, you know, if it's a week before and we're now sending it to them, there's a chance they won't get it till after, of course. But, you know, because we really want everyone to have their bib if they're skiing it virtually so they can take a selfie. We're about to launch a new app, which is going to be pretty exciting here in the next week. It's going to be likely where you'll race the virtual Berkey if you're going to be doing the Berkey, but it's also going to be an app that's going to allow us to do some challenges on the Berkey Trail. Things like, you know, who skied the most kilometers on the Berkey Trail in December or who skied the most uh, elevation change on the Berkey Trail, etc. But it's going to become the medium. It's also going to be darn cool because you can buy your trail pass on it. You're also going to be able to have things like um, – you know, uh, how many Berkeys I've completed. It's really going to be pretty darn cool. It's, we've been working on it for quite some time. You're going to look for the details here in the next week to 10 days, but it's, uh, it certainly got us excited because we think it's going to even further bring the community together in these virtual times. And then even when we get back together. And so you're basically just taking the Berkey lifestyle and distilling it into your phone. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause we are pretty much ever go everywhere else with our phone. We might as well have uh, our Berkey on it too. Right. Yeah, or my phone will last about 15 minutes and it'll freeze, but, you know, that's something anyway. <laughs> that's right. Um, so that's a good segue into just sort of what's going on this winter. You know, you're ready to groom. It's it's probably a challenging year. What can people expect from Berkey and how can they sort of help out to make sure the Berkey stays sustainable through these times? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, certainly everybody that's registering for the race helps support us. We know there's going to be less people this year. You know, for us, it's really important to maintain really good trails and continue to offer opportunities for people to be active outside. Our goal is to groom more trail than ever this year, even though we have less income. And I know that sounds crazy, but our mission is to, to provide opportunities to be out skiing and hiking and biking, et cetera. And skiing is first and foremost for us. So our goal is to ski as many trails as possible. We've actually recently got a grant to help us buy a, a piston bully that we can keep down at Fish Hatchery so we can really focus on the southern end of the trail as well this year. And um, so we're actually investing right now in, in skiing opportunities. And certainly people that uh, like that or find value in that continue to, uh, you know, if you can donate, buy your race registration, even if it's virtual, uh, buy a trail pass really goes a long way for us. So certainly thank everybody that supports us. But our goal this year is, again, to provide as many of those opportunities as we can. And, you know, the, the cabins, uh, the trailhead cabins are going to be open. Um, however, we really ask everyone, unless you need to go inside, you know, from an emergency standpoint to warm up, do it then, but really try and keep as much of your time outside as you can. They do have obviously a lot of hand sanitizer, et cetera, there. And even double O, the brand new building, we do have the bathroom open there. It is cleaned often, but, and there is extra hand sanitizer, et cetera, but really ask people to come on up, enjoy the skiing, but understand that there's not going to be a lot of amenities, if you will. It's really going to be a lot about the time on the trail. And so our energies will be going into really creating as good a ski opportunities as possible. And, you know, we do have, uh, the artificial snow loops. We got about 500 meters down already during that cold snap we mentioned earlier. But hopefully we get some cold weather here in the next uh, 10 days and we'll get our first K open. And before you know it, we'll be up here skiing in Berkeyland. All right. Well, that sounds great. You know, all things considered, Ben, and uh, just want you and all our listeners stay safe. If you're up in the Berkey or really anywhere else skiing, I think that's a great way. We're we'll probably going to see a lot of people on the trails, but it's a great way to be socially distanced when you have sharp poles that are six feet long. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll check in in the next couple of months, and I hope the preparations keep going and, and the snow flies and falls thick and uh, that we have a great Berkey this year. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, I agree. Please, everyone, uh, stay safe, enjoy your time outside, and uh, wear your buff. Thanks, Ben, for the updates, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Hopefully you're in a small pod, or if you're very lucky, out on the ski trails. We're planning several more podcasts leading into the race day, so stay tuned. The final installment of last year's Main Street podcast will be out soon. And while there won't be a Main Street finish this year, and there won't be a Main Street podcast, we will be asking for audio clips, so stay tuned for more information about that. Check out the SkiWise app, keep your podcast feed updated, and get ready for winter.